Hey, everybody, I'm Walt Swaim, and this is Truth Unbound, where we look at the latest questions and happenings in the world and Christianity, and we take it right to God's Word, to His answers, to comprehend what is really true about it and how we can respond in a way that glorifies God and also shares the good news of Jesus with others. What would you think if another crisis came up worldwide, like COVID, for instance, or worse, and our government leaders, especially our president, essentially handed over control of our nation to someone not even remotely connected or even a citizen of our country? And if he did that, what passage of Scripture would it sound like a fulfillment of? Well, there are two recent articles that just came out this week warning us about the same event that will be occurring next year, 2024. And you're like, okay, Walt, I can barely get past today. <laughs> Bring it up next year and we'll talk about it then. No, but I, I get it, but no. You, the alarm bells and red flags are going up now because you need to be prepared for what could happen as a result of this. And once again, it shows us how Revelation 13, and also we're going to show from the book of Daniel, how it all reads like today's headlines. This headline. Now here's what has been reported. Now here, this is from KTRH in uh, Houston, Texas station, news station. And it says the UN's latest power grab and Biden supports it by B.D. Hobbs, July 11th. It says, you have not heard much about this yet, but coming up, at, uh, coming up in September of next year, the United Nations is set to seize global emergency powers with help and support from the Biden administration. They're working on the details of it now, said Justin Haskins, director of, at the Heartland Institute, who detailed the story in The Federalist. Although we don't know all of the details, we do know enough to say that this is the biggest attempted power grab in United Nations history and that the Biden administration has expressed support for it. Basically, the next time we have a pandemic, a climate event, or anything else that the UN leadership deems a global shock, the UN would have global authority, even here in the United States. It's, incredi it's incredibly shocking that the Biden administration has already come out and said that they like the emergency platform, Haskins told KTRH. You would expect the President of the United States to stand up for American sovereignty and support the individual rights of Americans, and that is not what's happening. The event will happen in September of next year. In order for it to pass and for the UN to be given emergency power, the member states need to approve it, which is expected to happen thanks to the support from the Biden administration. And then also here from the same author, Justin Haskins himself, July 4th, the UN is planning to seize global emergency powers with Biden's support. And then again in this article, the UN is planning to seize global emergency powers with Biden's support, again by Justin Haskins, July 5th, 2023. The proposal, he says here, might be the biggest attempted power grab in the history of the United States. If, to, if approved, the United States as we know it, know it could cease to exist. So is all of this true, or is it some conspiracy nut job theory? If true, then what does it have to do with Scripture and the nearing of the second coming of Jesus? Well, 
We're about to find out right now. Hey, real quick, before we jump full into this, Truth Unbound has seen some great responses lately from people in different parts of the world, almost every continent now. And that is thanks to you. And if you're learning more about God and his word and how he speaks to us about issues in real life, and you want to reach others and add them to the Truth Unbound family, then would you click on like, and then click to subscribe and follow the podcast and send a link of it to everyone you know today. All right? Well, let's get back to the issue at hand right now. All right, so what is this plan that the United Nations, which is uh, also working together, of course, or working together with the United Nations, is the World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab, uh, and then also another organization called the OECD, and we'll get to them in just a minute, so hold on with me. So here we see Biden citing on, according to these articles that we started with, to an emergency government, world government agency formed by the UN and signing on to it as a member nation to basically hand over sovereignty of our country. Now, we're going to get to that in just a minute as well, but that's what we've talked about at first, and then we see that they're in a hurry. They're in a rush. They're trying to get everybody to move along faster to get to the end of the goal of the overall plan. What is the overall plan then? What is it? Well, let me explain And we're going to do it in a brief way, but as clearly and as with much detail as we can with the time on hand. So are you ready? Here we go. All right, so here they are. Okay, this is, again, the UN website at un.org, Sustainable Development Goals, the Sustainable Development Agenda. Okay, now listen closely. The Sustainable Development Goals, which they call SDGs, are a universal call to action to end poverty, protect the planet, and improve the lives and prospects of everyone everywhere. Sounds good, right? Uh, Just hold on. The 17 goals were adopted by all UN member states in 2015 as part of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, which set out a 15-year plan to achieve the goals. Today, progress is being made in many places, but overall, action to meet the goals is not yet advancing at the speed or scale required. 2020 needs to usher in a decade of ambitious action to deliver the goals by 2030. With just under 10 years left to achieve the Sustainable Development Goals, world leaders at the SDG Summit in September 2019 called for a decade of action and delivery for sustainable development and pledged to mobilize financing, enhance national implementation, and strengthen institutions to achieve the goals by the target date of 2030, leaving no one behind. The UN Secretary General called on all sectors of society to mobilize for a decade of action on three levels. Global action to secure greater leadership, more resources, and smarter solutions for the SDGs, Local action embedding the needed transitions in the policies, budgets, institutions, and regulatory frameworks of governments, cities, and local authorities. In other words, the UN bringing that down another level to the local level, national and local level of each country, influencing it, instead of nations influencing the United Nations, which is what it was meant to be. But anyway, and people action including by youth, civil society, the media, the private sector, unions, academia, and other stakeholders to generate an unstoppable movement pushing for the required transformations. And there he is. So 
Um, it says here, numerous civil society leaders and organizations have called, also called for a super year of activism to accelerate progress on the SDGs, urging world leaders to redouble efforts to reach the people furthest behind, support local action and innovation, strengthen data systems and institutions, uh, rebalance the relationship between people and nature, blah, 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 blah. So there, there gives you an idea of what they are. Now, as you look on the e edge here um, of the page, it so shows those goals. And now on the surface, they all look kind of okay, right? Like who wouldn't want these, right? But again, the devil's in the details. But first of all, here they are, the 17 goals, the SDGs, okay, or the Sustainable Development uh, Goals. No poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being, quality education, gender equality, red flags there, clean water, because it doesn't just mean women, though it talks a lot about women in the details, it means any gender. But anyway, moving on, uh, clean water and sanitation, affordable and clean energy, decent work and economic growth, industry, innovation, and infrastructure, reduced inequalities, sustainable cities and communities, responsible consumption and production, climate action, okay, the climate, uh, climate change religion, life below water, life on land, peace, justice, and strong institutions, and number 17, partnerships for the goals. So there they are. Those are the SDGs. This is the plan that they want to implement all over the world, all the way down to the local level of every country. Each level country, of course, each country uh, needing to turn over partially or fully its actual sovereignty to a central governing world body and leader. Okay, so like we said, the devil's always in the details, right? So let's put it under the microscope to see the fine print and translate it for you into what the key parts really mean okay so here's we're here we go ready all right so i'm going to go through some of these quickly for you key proposals from the 12 commitments again as you can see there on the left uh it is the um uh the the, the sustainable development goals or sdgs as we'll call them for short as they call them for short okay so some of these i have circled let me go protect our planet Commit to the 1.5 degree Celsius goal and net zero emissions by 2050 or sooner. And as we can tell already what they've said, they're in a hurry, which is why you're seeing this mega push toward all of a sudden out of the blue, getting rid of dishwashers, gas stoves, based on faulty data that they say is science but really isn't. Um, the push toward electrical vehicles, even though... Some of them just blow up uh, into fire or they don't do very well in their performance and they're sitting on lots and people aren't buying them. So, uh, But it, nevertheless, they're going to keep pushing that. Uh, declarations of climate emergency. Not just that there's some climate problems around the world, but climate emergency. Okay, A right to a healthy environment. Uh, commit to the net zero emissions. Okay. Uh, which, as you can see down here, no new coal after 2021 and phasing out fossil fuel subsidies. Again, explaining why there's this major, major push uh, toward e electrical vehicles and getting rid of coal and turning economies upside down, making things more expensive as a result, uh, wind, um, uh, wind turbines and all these other things that are harming the environment, actually. Um, but it doesn't matter because, well, 
we got to save the world, and it's climate change is the number one enemy out there. Not Russia, not China, not communism, not war, but uh, the wind changing and the temperature changing it and being one degree hotter or colder. Uh, anyway, um, it says here also, you'll notice it says, application of human rights online and to frontier issues and new technologies. Frontier issues, translation, uh, open borders. How about that? Okay, which is what Biden, of course, has been in his government, has been doing to our country uh, for months through the southern border especially, but it's also happening some at, to some degree in the northern border. They're seeing crossings of uh, even terrorists and others, uh, terrorists and others like them uh, over the northern border as well from Canada. They're crossing over. But the southern border, of course, is the vast majority, and uh, they just keep them walking right in and trying to release them into the country, having open borders is part of dismantling the sovereignty of a nation here, and not just here, but also in Europe as well, as we've seen happen in Europe already in recent years. Joint structure on financial integrity and tackling illicit financial flows. One way they intend to do this is through a united currency, a united currency, a united digital currency. So be on the watch for that. Okay, I almost forgot one up here. Uh, place women and girls at the center, but they're talking about repeal of gender discriminatory laws. So this is, it's not just about women and girls. This is transgender, which is anti-woman, anti-girl, uh, because it says gender discriminatory, discriminatory laws. Well, there's all kinds of genders now, supposedly, depending on who you talk to and what government you talk to, that, well, all of the genders then must be protected, Right. So how can you have this protection of women, especially younger women, and, uh, and violence against women and girls when there's not just that gender or another? It's, there's non-binary and transgender and all the others, and, uh, but they must all be protected too, right? Under gender, so that they're not dis- their gender is not discriminated against. Promote gender parity, including through quotas and special measures. In other words, the elites establishing whatever those are, and you all, we all must comply. Now, let me bring your attention to something else here. Talking about the financial part, look here. How are they going to gain that kind of financial betterment, if you will, in the world? We talked about through a unified digital currency. It also says here a reformed international tax system, joint structure on financial integrity and tackling illicit financial flows, which again would be done through a centralized system of currency in the world instead of having individual currencies, the global digital currency. Then it says here reform, that, is, that is controlled by government. We have Bitcoin and we have digital currency going on now and that's an up and down thing. Uh, not so sure, uh, but they don't like that because that can't be controlled. We're talking here about uh, the monetization, digital monetization of the world through one unified digital currency that is controlled by the one world government and finance economic uh, or one world economy. So as you see here, the international tax system. Now, talking about the international tax system, we have something else to show you. All right, this little, uh, this little gem just came out today. Uh, this is from Representative Carol Miller, The Quiet New Way Biden Wants to Tax You. Excuse me, let me remove this. And uh, says Biden's failure 
negotiating with the OECD has weakened the U.S. economy's standing. Okay? Now, what does that mean, and who are they? It's been said that there are two things certain in life, death and taxes. Uh, with Joe Biden as president uh, of the United States, you can also be sure that you will be paying more than your fair share of the taxes you owe. Americans have already been crushed by inflation caused by the Biden administration, but now they want to add fuel to the fire by giving American taxes to foreign countries, raising costs for Americans, sticking us with the bill for funding a globalist social agenda. Okay, uh, What does that mean? Over the past two years, President Biden and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen have negotiated a global minimum tax through the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. That's what the OECD is. This organization surrenders America's sovereignty over our tax code and allows foreign countries to take our taxes that were meant for our own essential programs and military. Now, as well... Uh, we have an article in the journal, the Wall Street Journal, that also came out about this. Uh, this is by David Scheiser. Biden and the OECD's taxation without, without representation. Now, Congress refuted, uh, refused this before, but it says, The Declaration of Independence complained that Britain was imposing taxes on us without our consent, and Americans rallied around the idea of no taxation without representation. They wanted to be taxed by officials they elected, not by a faraway government that wasn't accountable to them. And so it says here that uh, they have forged an agreement known as Pillar 2, which requires all countries to tax large multinational corporations at a rate of at least 15%. More than 130 countries joined this agreement in October 2021. When it starts to take effect in 2024, that's just next year, folks, Pillar 2 is supposed to prevent a race to the bottom in which countries compete for investment by cutting corporate taxes. Congress has pushed, at, pushed back, however, refusing to enact Pillar 2. Or Pillar two. While it purports to be voluntary, allowing countries to decide whether to adopt its minimum tax, there is a steep price for saying no. If a country hasn't enacted this tax by the end of this year, 2023, other countries can step in to collect and keep this tax starting next year. Uh, and so anyway, the point is, that so that you say, well, that's about corporations and they need to pay their fair share and all that. You can say that all you want, but where do they get their money from? From the products and services they sell to you and me. So it raises money on us that we already, we already pay taxes first, too many taxes, too much taxing, taxation, and that's even with representation. And then on top of that, they, are going, they have signed on or are going to sign on to uh, this uh, provision, again, at a world level by this organization that is, has a socialist agenda, and it's taking money from us and giving it to other countries that are thing, programs and money that are meant for programs and uses and our military here in our country. In other words, surrendering our sovereignty once again and being taxed without having our representation there to say no or yes to it. Okay, this is from the executive branch. Now, Congress still is supposed to supposedly still approve it, but uh, we're not the ones that, those that are against it are not fully in control. So this is this spells real trouble for us in the future. Okay, so here they have this vision for the rule of law, if you will, as they call it, a global roadmap for the development and effective implementation of internal and international law. Blah blah blah. In other words, 
Well, they're, here they have, they're going to be imposing financial, including taxation, on the nations of the world, agreeing to allow a central governing body to control economy and trade and currency. And then on top of that, they're, they're talking about enforcing gener- uh, gender equality. They say women, but in the end, it can't, it's not going to be just women. It's going to be about transgender and uh, LGBTQ. Uh, if you'll notice, in all of the goals that they have stated that the family, marriage, life, the life of a baby, the child, none of that is involved in any of their program. So how are they going to achieve this control, getting back to that? This means a centralized control of laws over every nation. Again, the sovereignty of each country must be minimized or erased to have one world ruled by one set of laws governing everyone. Well, how how will that work? Well, let me show you here. They have outlined it for us. Again, this is something not from the dark web. This is real. This is what's being shown to you and me, okay? Um, This is on the left. The individual is to cooperate with all these goals. States and institutions, in other words, governments of each country, a civil society, and private sector, using a briefcase, meaning corporations and business, all hand-in-hand to do, do this, fulfill this renewed social contract so that there will be peace in the world and a better economy and you'll not own anything and be happy, okay? But the cooperation, especially between these two uh, that I'm showing you here with my arrow, private sector and state institutions, and the others, society itself, the individual, will just end up having to comply with what these two, these are the two most powerful, and they're going to be, they're joining hands or trying to join hands with each other and therefore govern the world. Sound familiar? Like Revelation 13-ish familiar? So we're not making this up. These are their stated intended goals, and they're wanting to rush it, get ahead of it, by 2030. How do we know that? Well, listen to this. Watch this. Okay, here at one one of the sites on the, it says, the Welcome to the United Nations on top, so you know that this is directly from their site. And as you see here in the picture, it says this was a declaration on the 75th anniversary of September 2020. It says, we request the Secretary General to report back before the end of the 75th session of the General Assembly with recommendations to advance our common agenda and to respond to current and future challenges. And this is what we have circled in red. It says, in September 2021, the Secretary General responded with his report, our common agenda, a wake-up call to speed up the implementation of the Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, and propel the commitments contained in the UN 75 Declaration. As you see here, a picture as well of them uh, in meeting. Uh, Here's a quote from remarks by the Secretary General in February of 2023, just this year. He says, our common agenda is aimed at turbocharging the 2030 agenda and making the sustainable development goals real in the lives of people everywhere. Because halfway to 2030, we are far off track. We will only make up lost lost ground by addressing the gaps and challenges that have emerged since 2015, including gaps in intergovernmental cooperation. In other words, 
we're getting behind, we need to hurry this up because there's always a crisis and we're the only ones who can resolve the problem and so we better hurry up and get on this right now. Everything I just explained to you, they're wanting to rev it up and get there even before 2030. So again, the original plan back in 2015 was this should be done by 2030, but that's deemed as too far off now. And now that's a crisis, okay? So they manufacture crisis like they did with COVID through China to do a test run at control of all the masses. And it worked wonderfully. So many were lining up to fulfill and comply with whatever the government told them to do during the COVID period all in the name of safety and protection and happiness. Well, there's so much more, but now we're going to get go back to the most threatening part that we mentioned at the very beginning and why these articles have been sent out a, a year ahead of time uh, sounding the alarm of this UN summit where final decisions are supposedly supposed to be made on their agenda for one world dominance and governance, okay? So they call it a, it's, it would require a global shock. And here's just one, this is taken from a document and an article online. You can look at it, our common agenda policy briefing, as you can see in the top left corner, complex global shocks, they mean economic or another pandemic or anything like that, can severely undermine progress towards the sustainable development goals. Okay, again, it's all about the money and the control and accomplishing these goals that, well, make money for the elites and give them more control. Again, so another pandemic, a war, food or fuel shortage will soon hit us and we need the UN to run things for the world and set it right and make it all better because they openly state they're the only ones who can really do that. Now the elites at the UN are the only ones to solve the world's problems and the Secretary General is the only one who can save us and make it all happen and make it all okay when a worldwide crisis occurs. And this is where it gets scariest of all. Look at this. So part of their plan here is to ensure that all participating actors, countries, nations, presidents, kings, whatever, make commitments that can contribute meaningfully to the response and that they are held to account by this governing body, worldwide governing body in the centered in the UN for delivery on those commitments. In other words, you don't do it, we'll punish you. So here's where it says that again, no single, in the red boxes here, no single agency exists to gather stakeholders in the event of complex global shocks. The United Nations is the only organization that can fulfill this role. They're saying this themselves. We're the only savior and messiahs, and we must take the decisions that can enable it to do so. So he says here, I propose that the General Assembly provide the Secretary General and the United Nations system with a standing authority to convene and operationalize automatically an emergency platform in the event of a future complex global shock of sufficient scale severity and reach. And now this, an emergency platform, in other words, the controlling body headed by the Secretary General of the UN, should initially be convened for a finite period to respond to a specific shock. Okay, yeah, like we heard here and saw here, even though COVID had been largely over, they kept it going for quite a while because, again, it meant holding on to control and power by local and state and national federal government. 
Anyway, it says at the end of that period, watch this, this is why we have this with a yellow arrow and underline, the secretary general, in other words, he alone could extend the work of an emergency platform if required, but it would not become a standing body or entity. Well, if it's got all the authority and he has all the authority to extend it willy-nilly, however he wants to, for as long as he wants to, even though the real crisis may be over, if there's even a real crisis, then he is a standing body, governing body or entity. That's ridiculous to say it's not. So that's the, now, so what's so scary about, what's the connection there between that and the U.S.? Once again, as we read before, here it is. All right, so and just as it is written by Justin Haskins here, the U.N. is planning to seize global emergency powers with Biden's support. Where does he get that from? Is that true? Well, the documentation is there. It says the emergency platform proposal might be the biggest attempted at power grab in the history of the U.N., but as shocking as it is, it pales in comparison to the Biden administration's treatment of this extremist proposal. Rather than assert America's independence and sovereignty, the White House has expressed its support for the emergency platform. U.S. Ambassador Chris Liu noted in at least two March 22 speeches that the Biden administration backs the emergency platform along with numerous other proposals included uh, in our common agenda. All right, so here it is, the United Nations Mission to the United Nations, Ambassador Chris Liu, March 10, 2022, makes this statement, and here's where it begins. We appreciate, we also appreciate the uh, Secretary General's out-of-the-box thinking about how to institutionalize these efforts, including a focus on future generations, the emergency platform, the digital compact, elevation of gender equality and human rights, improved UN governance, enhanced efforts to fight climate change, and a greater focus on anti-corruption efforts, among other issues. Whether pandemic, war, or climate emergency, we must have more nimble mechanisms to come together rapidly and efficiently. States play dis- indispensable roles, but others, including civil society and the private sector, must be an integral part of it as well. Finally, the United States strongly supports the Secretary General's move to an annual program budget, blah, blah, blah. We look forward to partnering with the Secretariat, member states, and other key stakeholders on our common agenda. Well, there you go. There you have it. Thank you, Biden administration, by for surrendering our sovereignty and our Constitution. So where does all this fit in Revelation 13 in the book of Daniel? Where does it fit prophetically, biblically? Well, the Antichrist, the world leader that will arise to lead this alliance on one world government and economy, is mentioned in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 7 where it says it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Then it speaks about the false prophet who will be involved in giving strength and power to the Antichrist, as it says here in Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18, where he says, He causes all, all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. But this same ruthless but winsome world leader is described also in Daniel chapter 7, verses 19 through 25. 
Then I wished to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful with its teeth of iron and its nails of bronze, which devoured broken pieces and trampled the residue with its feet. And the ten horns that were on its head and the other horn which came up before which three fell, namely, that horn which had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the Ancient of Days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on the earth, which shall be different from all the other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the first ones, and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and the law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time. So these world leaders, world system right now is ripe for the taking and is being set up for this. And we are being told by these world governing and influencing organizations like the WEF, World Economic Forum, and the UN, brazenly but smoothly telling the world this is what they intend to do, and no one will have a choice in the matter, and it's for your own good. Of course, for the, your own good, your dignity, your, pro, your, your prosperity. But you know what? Jesus will rescue us one day out of the worst period of the rise and control of this one world, leader, government, and economy. Yes, they will try to devastate the world, and they will bring devastation across this world, but it'll be God's judgment on them in the end, and against Satan and all those who worship the beast and all those who reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to suffer forever in an eternal hell or eternal lake of fire together. And so God will establish his new heaven and new earth and forever kingdom where there is true peace and true prosperity and true love and true mercy and kindness and unity and cooperation between all those who worship and serve the King, Jesus Christ. My friend, do you know the King? Do you know the Lord? Will you give your life to him today? You can do so, the Bible says, by calling upon him, believing in him, repenting of your sin. In other words, turning away from your sin, telling God, I know I'm a sinner, but you died on the cross for my sin and rose again. And you rose again for me. You died for me. Will you forgive me of my sin and save me? I'm yours. Take me. Give you, I give you control of my life. My friend, you have that chance to do this today, right now. And you'll be saved from this. Should it ever enter, beast, you uh, still be here on this earth. When this all begins and God says it's time for it to happen, he will rapture and take us out of this world so we will not suffer the wrath of God over the world and over the future uh, antichrist and false prophet and those who follow him. Don't forget to click like. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, to follow the podcast, to subscribe to follow the podcast, and then to give a link to this through text, social media, to everyone you can today. Thank you so much for listening and watching. And remember again to follow Jesus and you'll always follow the truth. We'll talk to you again soon.